all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Geo, did you watch the Leafs game today, man? It was a barn burner. Oh man, um, you know what, I actually kind of wanted to start the pod off, Aaron, by talking about this game. Not because it's just a Leafs game, but Patrick Kane looked like he had zero interest in playing hockey. Zero. Like, I I don't think I've ever seen a worse performance from Patty Kane in my life. Like, especially especially with all, like, the stuff that's connecting him to Toronto now. Maybe he's just trying to mail it in so he doesn't have to play for the Leafs. But, I mean, according to reports, like, he wants to go to Toronto or New York. And we know New York's off the the books now after getting Tarasenko. But, yeah, Aaron, I watched this game front to back. Um, The Chicago sucks. Like, Chicago just straight up sucks. Um brutal team but you know what they've got a a vision in mind but dude patty kane looked so and you can tell man like that hip injury is laboring him real bad like this dude can't skate like he's a complete wash until he gets that surgery so kyle dubas if you're listening man stay stay far away from patty kane we don't need that in the playoffs because until this guy gets gets all patched up and repaired he is not gonna help anyone and welcome to the Team Up <laughs> Podcast, guys. Aaron here alongside Leafs superfan, Gio. That's correct. At Team Up Pod on Twitter. Um, love to banter with you guys. And uh, Gio was posting some interesting stuff about NFL quarterbacks and their potential destinations. Gio, maybe that's something we can talk about tomorrow. Actually. Let's do it. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff on social media. But yeah, usually when the Hawks play i guess in general i'm all all for it this year i haven't really been able to watch them and more like i don't want my eyes to burn watching them so i've stayed away from watching my hawks this year and yeah fun tidbit from today with the hawks leaves matchup the leaves were minus 650 oh my gosh i'm on the money line geo um 85 percent of the money being bet on this game was in toronto's favor so, of course, in everyone's mind, they were thinking, uh-oh. See, this is where the Bucks make their money back. And this is where they get people. And Chicago's going to pull some some sly stuff out. But Well, it looked like um, that could have gone that way because Toronto scored nine seconds into the game. Um, and then Chicago scored, I think, about a minute and a half later off a just a brutal turnover. Like, just, like, basically handing – like, as soon as the Hawks scored that goal, it was a defensive turnover by Callie Yarncroc. Absolutely pathetic turnover. I mean, Bush League. As soon as that happened, Aaron, I was like, here we go. The bookies are, like, summoning something from, from the sky because the Leafs are now screwed. But – um No, the Leafs are all over them. It honestly wasn't even remotely close in any aspect of the game. So pretty comfortable dub, but it looked icky there at the start. Yeah, that is – I mean, I I didn't watch the game, but whatever. Leafs won handily. Job well done. But I guess, Gio, here, you were able to watch the game, and we're able to watch a lot of games um, up here in Canada on Sportsnet or TSN, and and those channels aren't going anywhere. Uh, Sportsnet, Sportsnet's owned by Rogers, Sportsnet massive, now. massive company here 
in Canada. TSN's owned by Bell, I think, and then overseen by ESPN, which is overseen by Disney. So they're not going anywhere. But, Gio, in the United States, there's a little bit more of a uh, question mark with regional TV um, in the United States. It's, it's been rumored for quite a while now and made official today that Bali Sports Group um, has applied for bankruptcy. Right. And they're part of a bigger um, parent division. I, I don't have that division in front of me, Gio. Maybe if you can find that out. But basically, Are um, they with TNT? I guess in previous years watching sports, um, you were, I think everyone was used to watching or seeing um, these regional broadcasts on Fox Sports Network, FSN. Right. And now um, they, Fox Sports Network, got bought out by the parent group of Bali. And then they created the Bali Sports Network, uh, I think about three or four years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And they forked out a lot of money to the NBA, NFL, um, sorry, not NFL, NBA, NHL, uh, Major League Baseball. And I'm not too sure what's happened, to be honest, but they are facing <laughs> bankruptcy. And Gio, I, know what, I know what you wanted to talk about was the money implication on this, more specifically with the NHL. With the NBA, it's not really... <clears throat> impact at all because NBA has massive, massive, massive money contracts um, and television deals with ESPN and TNT and other worldwide partners, right? And that Major League Baseball, I don't know how this is going to impact them as much, to be completely honest, but with the NHL, I think this is going to impact them quite a bit because they don't have any global, worldwide, lucrative television deals. Right, they have television deals with ESPN and TNT in the U.S., and then in Canada they have that deal with Sportsnet. But I think regional hockey and regional broadcasts was huge to kind of grow the game in the U.S. or at least try to. But yeah, again, um, this will affect the cap a lot, won't it, Gio? Because I think they're paying the NHL a lot of money to um, play their content. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think. Um... You know, the NHL compared to any of those other big leagues, like the NBA, MLB, NFL, whatever it is, like we all know that M- the NHL is, is light years behind them when it comes to the financial side. I mean, the NHL is, is very much a work in progress in the United States, whereas those other leagues are firmly established and have their grip on the sort of financial pool of money, whether it's network and um, sort of TV rights and whatever regional rights and things like that. So the NHL, I think, has really relied um, on regional networks like Bali Sports, who are owned by uh, Diamond Sports Group, and their parent is Sinclair Broadcast Group um, So uh, and Entertainment Studios. So I know you were asking that question, Aaron. I don't know if that yeah. answers anything for you as to what you were looking for. But yeah, this is... I think the biggest league that's going to get kind of, you know, shell shocked by this development is definitely the NHL. I mean, the NHL has been notorious for um, basically being stingy in terms of the growth um, of their salary cap and overall just the way that they operate as an organization. uh, It's been just a lot harder from a financial standpoint to grow to the, to the lengths that the NBA and NFL is like, it's not even remotely close. Like, I mean, bench players in the NBA, like <laughs> practice squad guys are basically getting paid right. as much as McDavid. So, <laughs> excuse me, but so it's um, <laughs> it's not even close, man. Um, 
you so, okay over there god i think the uh, i think it's just getting to me man i think it's a mixture of emotional uh, I think it's leftover fettuccine, my man. It's maybe just, it's just crawling up, crawling up my pipes here. I need some Tums. Maybe Tums can come in uh, and be in, uh, a promoter of the pod, so then I can every time I I uh, have some acid reflux, I can just toss out a advertisement. Think about it, Tom. I, Think about it. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up Pasta Grannies because they are oh, dude, legendary. Such a sick sponsor. Them and Gaviscon. Gaviscon, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, Aaron, and I mean, the NHL is also a league that is essentially 50% revenue sharing as well. So, you know, the, there's basically an even split between players and owners. Um, you know, thanks to Gary, Jerry, Barry, whatever you want to call him. Um, but yeah, this is, this is really bad news, um, for a lot of the teams in the NHL that, you know, before the coronavirus took place, um, and kind of put the world you know, on its head, um, you know, the all sports, you know, sports leagues um, were, were not expecting this, but the NHL particularly was preparing itself for large increases in the salary cap. And that you, you can go around the league and see many deals that were struck between players and teams. And those teams philosophies out there were, okay, the cap's going to rise so in conjunction with how much we anticipate the percentage of this contract to take up of our cap space, two, three, four years from now, it's going to be this number, which is a modest right. number. But then as soon as the COVID pandemic hit and we stuck to a hard cap in the NHL, massive issues occurred. Teams you know, were basically dumping contracts left and right. Owners were not willing to meet certain um, financial implications. Mm. So... That was COVID, right? And now that we're through COVID, it seems like there's a glimmer at the end of the tunnel and now this news. So, you know, as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, you know, we're close to the cap as a good team with with high-quality players who, you know, are commanding big money um, in an NHL standard. It's going to be even harder for teams like Toronto, Boston, any any high-end competing teams are going to really struggle from this if the cap stays flat or rises incrementally so or in small increments rather so yeah not good news for the nhl particularly those other leagues i think can stomach it because of all the points you made but yeah the nhl is in some trouble and they're gonna have to get creative to uh to sort of navigate around the situation i would love to see and i guess it's just like a just on streaming or me dreaming at this point i will what's the nhl capper right now actually it is eighty-two and a half million. Wow, God, that's not ideal. I guess COVID did impact that quite a bit, but like, it'd be pretty cool to see. You know, let's say after a year, the initial cap goes from eighty-two, let's say right now, to like a hundred. You know, and just it'd be pretty cool to see that massive growth and expansion. Uh, yeah. And you you saw that with the NBA. I think it was that twenty fifteen or sixteen off season when salaries were obviously still really good and then NBA signed like a massive ironclad um tre- not maybe like not trendsetter but like like milestone kind of contract with like TNT ESPN and all these TV networks and it was a multi-billion dollar contract and then the salary cap exploded i think there was like a 30 million dollar increase in the soft cap for the nba good god and that was, and that was the off season where you just saw huge contracts being given out 
Yeah, to, guys just signing max deals like it was no one's business. Yeah, I don't know if you remember when the like the Lakers missed out on a bunch of players and they signed Luol Deng for like a five year, sixty million dollar contract, and Timofey Maz God. Oh, dude, for, legend for a four year, sixty four million dollar contract. That's ridiculous. But no, it was. I mean, it's you know, Aaron. I'm actually one thing I wanted to make note, and it kind of came into my head as we were talking about, you know, the salary construction. Um, you know, I think the sad thing is, is like that's a that would be amazing what you just said. But I think the realistic thing is we're going to be lucky if the NHL cap goes up to eighty three and a half million next year. That's how bad it is. Like we're lucky if there's a million dollar increase at this point. Um, so. I will. I have the NBA cap numbers in front of me, and then I guess I'll try to pull the NHL ones out as soon as possible. But in 2015-16, the cap was seventy million dollars, and in 16-17, it bumped up to ninety-four million dollars. So twenty-four million dollar increase. Now, what's the cap at? One hundred twenty-three million dollars. So you have a what's what's that? Quick math. Quick math. Uh, Geez, $29 million increase in cap over those seven years. I guess while you kind of say your bit, I'll pull up the NHL stats here. But there's significant growth going on in the NBA, right? And you're just not seeing that with the NHL in terms of revenue creation. Well, Aaron, I got the, the stats right in front of me for the NHL, if you want. Um, cool, yeah. But yeah, basically, the sad thing is, so, I mean, as of 2019-2020 season, which was when the um, the COVID um, COVID hit. Um, there was a, it was eighty one and a half million. That was four years ago, Aaron. We're at eighty two and a half million now. Um, the NBA has gone up fourteen million since then. And now the projections for next year, like I said, are eighty three and a half million. Twenty twenty four is eighty seven and a half million, and twenty twenty five is ninety two million. So I mean, there is an expected growth of the cap, which is great, but I don't know how this Bali sports news is going to play into that. certainly doesn't help anything. Um, So it is going to be really interesting. But one thing I wanted to make a note of, Aaron, is that I'm a bit surprised with how the NHL has not been able to globalize their market. I mean, the NHL is is a much more global game than the NFL, um, as an example. Like, I mean, how are they not striking big deals in Sweden, in Finland, in, I mean, maybe Russia is a bit of a different thing, but even Switzerland and Germany now. Um, and these leagues that like are, and you know, what Czech Republic, Slovakia, um, all these kind of countries, like they're all hockey is our number one sport. And obviously I understand that like they have their own leagues, like the SM Liga, the SHL, the Slovak league, the Czech league, all that kind of stuff, KHL, whatever. But DEL, um, but at the end of the day, like the NHL is obviously the best league in the world by a large margin. So I'm just kind of surprised that they're not, they haven't made that global impact. Like obviously, yeah, you want to grow in the States and that's great. Um, And that should be something that naturally occurs over time. But how are you not making a dent globally? You know, that to me is very shocking that they haven't been able to, strike big broadcast deals overseas given that the nhl is a the big the biggest league in the world for hockey and b um you know a huge amount of countries in you know across the atlantic 
have hockey as their number one sport. So that's a bit disappointing on top of all of this. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe Jerry's losing the plot here a little bit. Yeah, just looking at the NHL, I guess I have in front of me too, their cap um, increases over the years. Like there was a massive, massive increase, man, from 06 to 08. 12%, yep. 14%, 12% year-over-year growth. And I think, man, the direct um, cause of that were two players, Crosby and Ovechkin, in two pretty decent markets in the United States, right? And then you saw, like, um, uh, stagnation, drop-off, increase, lockout. And then, again, you saw a 7%, 7% increase in 2013 and through 2015, year-over-year. Then it dropped off a bit, 3%, 2%, 2%. 6%, 2%, and then lockout. Or not lockout, COVID, right? right? So, like, yeah, there hasn't been significant cap growth um, north of 10% since Crosby and Ovechkin entered the league. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's it's definitely a problem in the NHL, and I don't have the answers as I'm not, you know, in the war room there with either the league or the players or whatever. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot of, you know, business... Um, propositions and issues that are taking place that are causing these various sort of stagnations and growth. But I just can't help but think that maybe, you know, if the NHL was a little bit more successful in, in striking partnerships across seas and, um, you know, trying to grow their market in in Europe as much as they grow their, their market over in, in, in the United States, which seems to be the primary focus, um, that they should you know, be able to, to do a little bit better because you see the NBA, you know, does very well in countries across the world. I mean, like the Philippines and Taiwan, although they have their own leagues, like the NBA, you know, has made massive strides to basically, um, you know, expand its, its sort of reach um, over there. Exactly. So it is. And the NFL, I think is even trying more and more. You see them going to London and the NHL does that too, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's obviously there's a bit there's a there's a um a a wrinkle in the business plan I think that's causing some issues. So we'll keep an eye on that as time goes on, Aaron. But sticking with um with the NHL here, um just to kind of jump into some more NHL related things. I mean, oof, um we're getting closer and closer to that March third deadline, uh, and so far we've seen two big deals go down. Vladimir Tarasenko is a New York Ranger. Bo Horvat is a New York Islander. So New York's doing their part um, in uh, in getting the market yeah. moving. But um, it just seems like there's been a very slow – and this is a typical NHL issue. I mean, gosh, like when are, you're never going to see – like look at the NBA. Within days, two of the biggest stars moved. Um, yeah. And the NHL, like we're begging for like a third or fourth line guy to get on the move. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. Like, one thing I wanted to bring up on the pod is I've heard reports now um, that essentially, you know, we know about the Jacobs Chikrin situation. This guy's demanded a trade for two years and he still hasn't been dealt. Um, reports have come out that LA was getting close to getting a deal and, and there is a possibility that's, that that has fallen apart or that they couldn't get it over the finish line, according to Chris Johnson, who's a Sportsnet Insider, or sorry, TSN mm-hmm. Insider, um, used to be on Sportsnet actually. 
Um, and then <laughs> the second thing that I heard is that it seems like the acquisition costs are just massive right now. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of mention was, you know, Columbus, who's a team that we know is in the gutter, are going to try to dump bodies um, out for assets. And they're asking God, just... Dump bodies. Yeah, into the river. Just black bag, leather bag, <laughs> zip it up. Uh, yeah, they're just going to kill their guys, actually. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, are asking for a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and I believe a fourth or a fifth-round pick for Vladislav Gavrikov, who is a stay-at-home... Big, tough, shutdown D-man who I would say is maybe a number four defenseman on a good team, maybe even a five on a great team. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're looking at just a market that's being completely halted by crazy prices. And I mean, on one hand, Aaron, I think that this leads maybe to a positive outlook for the deadline. Maybe like as it gets closer to crunch time, teams are going to obviously have to bring down their prices and deals are going to have to come together quickly. So that might be add for some excitement, you know, in the week of March 3rd. But it's just stagnant, man. Um, and there's just not a lot going on. So it is kind of a tough look uh, for the NHL trade trade deadline or trade period right now. Another knock on the NHL just kind of not providing a lot of content for the fans. Yeah, nothing new. I think for the NHL where it's really, really quiet going into the trade deadline. It's it's like, you know what the Raptors and Masai Ujiri was so like stone cold and he stayed pat and if he didn't like a deal, he didn't do it. It's like every GM in the NHL is Masai Ujiri or tries to be. It's like, oh, I'm not, if I don't like this, I'm not going to do it. It's like every GM like doesn't want to take a risk or I mean, maybe doesn't want to take a risk, but like they're too calculated and yeah, you're right. There's just not much going on because everyone's trying to snip, snap, you know, get a deal, this back and forth kind of stuff. And no one's really gone all in. And I know we've talked about it so many times on previous episodes. And like it, ta- it goes back to the cap as well. Right. So they That's... need to figure out a cap situation of some sorts for the contending teams. Right. Otherwise, you won't see any movement in draft picks and stuff. Right, because again, in other leagues, more notably the NBA, uh, these top teams can absolutely load up on talent, r- pretty much regardless of cap for the most part, and they'll they'll be willing to get picks back. But if it's for the chance of winning a title, why not? Right, and with Patrick Kane, uh, I'm not too sure how the Leafs can afford him. To be honest, uh, be, there must be some way. It'll be it'll. Definitely have to center around a fifty percent retention from the Hawks. So it has to be like retention, which is like you know some teams just don't want to do that. Um, but then it also takes away from some of the more fringe contending teams to even go after this guy because they're just in a cap struggle, right? So it really handicaps teams to make um, decisions. Yeah, a hundred percent, and. One thing I wanted to end off with the NHL because we really kind of dove into that. but And I keep saying it. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. And Exhibit A with the NHL just kind of ruining its content and hype is a guy like Eric Carlson is a perfect example because this guy's the best defenseman in the league right now by a large margin. You know, he's a Norris Trophy basically – 
I would say, I don't want to say lock, but very damn close to being a lock. Like he is absolutely flying for a shit team in San Jose. Um, You know, he's got 73 points, Aaron, in 55 games on a, like a bottom beater team. And this guy's a defenseman. Um, He's averaging like 25 and a half minutes a night. Um, You know, it's just, it's ridiculous what he's doing. And, you know, Common sense would tell you, Aaron, that a dominant player like Eric Carlson on a shit team like like San Jose, it's the most right. it should be the most obvious recipe for a blockbuster, right? Yeah, like he's going for sure. There's no incentive to keep him. Nothing, nothing for San Jose. I mean, it's not like he's like 21 years old and this guy's like. I mean, Eric Carlson's 32. He's going to be 33 in a couple months. Like San Jose's stripping it all down, um, right? So. The sad thing is, is that what the more than likely, unless the team gets unbelievably creative, is that he can't move because of how high his cap hit is. At mm-hmm. I think it's eleven million, eleven and a half million, somewhere in that range. Like, Sheesh. like it just like the NHL has just completely cornered itself in terms of bringing hype to their league. I mean, like if something like that can't get done, and I mean even Kane, Kane like it's it's hard for him to get done. Um, a trade for a guy like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, any big names because of how complex and tight and rigid the structure is that they've implemented. So it is kind of a sad reality of the NHL and, and the way that they're being ran here. But it is what it is, Aaron. Let's move on from the NHL. I think we've had enough of that for now. Football. Let's talk about my Eagles. Football. <laughs> Um, I don't, I think we can keep this one pretty short in the fact that I don't think there's any disagreement here, unless you do disagree, but Jalen Hurts, um, contracts coming up next year, end of his rookie deal. Um, he'll be commanding uh, apparently at the beginning, um, North, well, North of $45 million per season for me as an Eagles fan, pay the man, please. Um, it's not like you're, it's not like you're the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak Prescott's demanding $40 million. You're like, well, it's Dak. You know, you know that makes a lot of sense. Or when Daniel Jones is asking for 30 to $35 million a year. The quarterback market is so weird, Top five fantasy QB, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you, look, you, you look around the NFL and you look at the teams and look at the quarterbacks and look at the contracts. There's only two or three types of contracts in the NFL for quarterbacks. You're either at the end of your rookie deal getting a 30 to whatever million dollar contract or you're out of the league or you're a backup quarterback. There's no in between. Do you even know of a quarterback, like a mid-tier quarterback making like 15 or $20 million? No, they're either making like the max or next to max money or that team has a quarterback on a rookie contract starting for them. Yeah. Right. I mean, even like Jared Goff, who's good, but like mid- I think he's making like 30, 30-ish million. The market's super, super weird uh, for for the NFL and the quarterbacks. But back to Jalen. Yeah, pay him. The way he performed in the Super Bowl, besides the fumble, like it's a mistake. It happens. And I don't know if you saw, but he did kind of get face masked on that play when he was going after no, the ball. No, he didn't. Yeah, if, <laughs> if we're going to do a freeze <laughs> shot of that, yes. But I mean, roll the tape. Roll the tape. Uh, There's buddy, nothing but, there. Uh, pay, he was incredible, right? The, the main knocks on Jalen Hurts 
in big like I guess in big games against big time teams and big time defenses or whatever you want to say wasn't necessarily a knock or a doubt was would he be able to perform if you kept him in the pocket or if you put a controlled pressure on him or throwing into tight coverages QB spy all that all that stuff right and there were times where Kansas City was bringing the heat he rolled out of the pocket and made a control throw on the run um to the receiver right um you must remember that throw he made to Goddard which went like right over the defender's hands into the corner for Goddard to catch it just close to out of bounds. The Smith throw that didn't end up being a catch upon review. Like he was brilliant, man. And he's a dual threat quarterback and he's super strong. Those QB sneaks are unfair. There's little to no flaws in his game. I would say the main flaw in his game right now is IQ. Right. Um, And this is comparing it to like a, Patrick Mahomes or like a Joel Burrow not saying his IQ is like bad you know like compared to the top two three quarterbacks in the league that's where he's lacking everywhere else he's done spectacular man and like if it comes to a situation and it will when he signs that big contract where they're gonna have to cut other pieces around maybe they have to budget on receiver or whatever I think he'll be fine because of his dual threat ability and on top his leadership qualities, right? He's been super, super humble. I don't see that changing out of him. The reason he's gone to his point is because of that relentless work ethic, right? Uh, he fits the city of Philadelphia perfectly with his attitude, you know, blue collar kind of style. Um, there's nothing really wrong about this guy, which is going to be a little concerning. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, I don't think you can really, yeah, like you said, there's, there's really nothing I can come up with that is a knock on Jalen Hurts. Like, to me, even the fumble in itself, to me, is a very minor part of the Super Bowl, um, very minor part in the game. Um, you know, I think, you know, I don't want to rehash the Super Bowl analysis, but, um, yeah, you know, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was dominant. And I think if they played any other offense, the Eagles would have been Super Bowl champs. It's just the defense let them down and, and Jalen just really like I, there's one play at the I think it was like on the first drive of the game where he rolled out and eluded pressure and he just threw a strike down for a first down. I think it was to Devonta Smith, maybe. Um, yeah, he was rolling. He was rolling out to his left, right? Yeah, and he looked like he was in trouble. Um, looked like he might have to throw it away or or you know take a take a one yard loss or something. But he made just a that's and that's a, a hard throw to make. Very hard, very hard. Yeah. And he just like there, and there was just a number of different throws where I just saw this guy toss the rock and I'm thinking he is just like, he's money like that. I still think of that throw to Quez Watkins who fucking dropped it and pisses me off. Don't talk about Quez. God, just such a ridiculous play. I mean, the separation was there. The ball was dropped in like a, like a perfect throw. Um, but Jalen's been doing this all year, man. And I've been watching a lot of Jalen Hurts <laughs> just, you know, for fantasy reasons. He, like I told you, Aaron, you know, in my fantasy football draft, um, you know, I had, I was, the clock was ticking down and I needed a quarterback and on the, on the clock was Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts. Um, and the toddler, I, and the, the toddler or, or big J and, um, you know, I, I going into the draft, I said, you know, Jalen Hurts is a dark horse for me because he's got a great O-line. 
you know, he showed near the end of last year how how good he can be. And we all know that he can run the ball and he's just an amazing athlete. And boy, am I happy that I selected Jalen. And I, you know, I, I watched a lot of Eagles games um, just to kind of check in on what he's doing and just how dynamic he is on the RPO and how sharp of a passer he is, man. Like this guy can thread the needle. Not like not only can he thread the needle and make difficult throws and put them in 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 just perfect places for his receivers, but he's got a he's got a big strong arm too. Like he can get that ball downfield. And to me, I think we're witnessing just a true next wave of a of a elite like top of the line, top of the league quarterback. Like to me, Jalen Hurts without a doubt is in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, Justin Herbert, like he is in the top, top echelon. And you know what? I think at this point, the Eagles are just going to have to send him a blank check. I mean, if it's 45 to 50 million bucks, like you sign that deal because Jalen's the guy. Um, so it's going to be a big ticket. The Eagles are going to have a hell of a, an off season here. And like, and when I say that, I mean, extremely interesting to see what direction they're going to go with Aaron. Cause they lost both their coordinators. Um, <laughs> so that's interesting. Not that they're going to miss their D coordinator as much. Um, but um, yeah, I'm interested to see kind of how they, you know, how they move on from that and what they do from a uh, coaching personnel and uh, player personnel. But when it comes to Jalen, you've got yourself, you know, a generational talent, I think. Yeah, I'm super pumped, and I, I, I'm hoping that the Eagles brass looks to offer him a seven- to nine-year contract because I think what we've already seen in the Mahomes contract he signed, the massive, massive deal when people were losing their minds. Was it 10-year, 500, I think? Yeah, it's it's already a bargain now. Yeah, right? he followed through, because man. You got, you got um, yeah, yeah, besides Super Bowl, there's already, I think, four or five players making more money than, them, than him. Sorry. Um, I think Russ is making more. Kyler's making more. I think Aaron Rodgers is set to make more. Uh, Dak is making more. I'm not too sure. Lamar will be set to make more. Deshaun Watson makes more, I think. A couple of names there might be incorrect, but I said like six names already over Patrick Mahomes. So, and this is only in his second year of the contract of him being under, uh, and it's already kind of underpaid. So imagine five years later. Um, yeah, win, win for Kansas City. And if people are saying it's an L for Patrick Mahomes, come on, man. He's getting $500 million, and he's making so much more money in um, endorsements and stuff. And this is like his, I guess, stability in the contract, like the guarantee that he's going to get this money, right? So so what if you didn't, I guess, um, do we take a four- or five-year deal and maximize your value and get like an extra 30 to $40 million out of it? At that point, and I mean, I'm not one to say, but if you, what is the difference between 500 million and 550 million? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like 1 million to 50 million. Okay. Massive difference, right? But once you get to the higher number, it's it's all the same, right? Why risk it? So, yeah, good on Patty. 100%. And, you know, this is a quarterback league at the end of the day. You're not doing anything if your quarterback sucks. So like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, is. if you're going to invest big somewhere, it has to be at the quarterback position. And I hate to say that because there's so many positions in the NFL that just don't get the same respect, you know, like the old linemen um, are out there basically getting concussed every like 10 seconds. Um, and then, 
you know, the running backs are basically like, you know, you've seen with Zeke, man, how bad of a deal that turned out to be. Um, and obviously like Zeke kind of sucks, but like, you know, when you invest massive, massive money and in, in guys of those position, it, it can come back to bite you real bad. But if you've got yourself like a cornerstone quarterback that you know is just elite and is going to continue to grow and be more and more elite, like that's kind of an investment that you don't even think twice about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I see more teams trying to follow that Mahomes kind of structure, which will probably absolutely handicap some teams because they'll make the wrong decision. So Exactly. <laughs> But, yeah, excited. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, uh, I know we, we talked quite a bit about Chell and Bali. So I guess we can flex one one topic to tomorrow, man. But did you want to talk about Major League Baseball or um, the resumption of the Champions League? <sighs> well, I or, think... or, or neither. <laughs> just Okay, guys, see ya. <laughs> uh, we're cutting it short because we're just completely uninterested um, i mean we, we can we can talk about movies you know like netflix got some you know they got some good stuff going on right now um what's that movie you gotta watch that movie ashton kutcher reese witherspoon oh did was it good yeah it's decent yeah. i liked it i, I liked, liked you it. people I, a lot with jonah hell um yeah 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 that was a good one and uh and murph yeah there's some there's some pretty darn good uh, i just i just you know I, I love ashton kutcher man yeah, like I love watching him as Kelso. Oh, dude, and then he—he's <laughs> such a good Kelso. Um, <laughs> he's such a dude. The seventy show. <laughs> I'm gonna put this foot in your ass. Uh, <laughs> love me some red, red dumbass. <laughs> you dumbass. Um, yeah, dude. You know what? Actually, okay. I don't know if you've seen it, and um, Aaron, but. A, a one really interesting documentary. I'm a big like true crime kind of guy. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix, but um, have you watched The Vatican Girl? The dis- uh, I have not. The disappearance. The, of, oh, the disappearance. I I think I've seen it like a, on a trailer, but but yeah. no, I haven't really. The disappearance of Emanuela Orlandi. So she was. Oh my gosh, man! Like the documentary itself, like isn't the best piece of like investigative journalism. Um, I feel like they leave a lot of stuff out and they just kind of basically it's like a, it's just like a very long conspiracy theory as to what could have happened to this girl who lived in the Vatican. Like her, her family dude was like, basically um, they've been serving the Pope and the Vatican for like generations. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And like, she I think was basically the most, and this is just awful, but the most likely scenario is that she was basically, um, you know, she knew something or that she was getting basically harassed by someone who was very close to the Pope and that they kind of like sex trafficked her and probably ended up killing her, which is awful. Um, so I recently, and you know, like this was a 1983 or 81 disappearance and I last, guess I'm just reading it now. Yeah, for I guess 2083 because they just opened the investigation. I was just going to say, yeah, in January they reopened it because her brother, uh, Pietro Orlandi, um, has been basically pushing and pushing for answers. Like, I really recommend this doc because it takes these twists and turns. Like, the biggest mafia organization in Rome is implicated for, like, the KGB, um, 
the Pope. Obviously, I think the Vatican did it because what's who who are the biggest who are the biggest scumbags in the world? Probably, you know, the Vatican City um, and all yeah. that bullshit. So crazy documentary, crazy story. I've been enamored with it, but uh, that's definitely my. And there's a lot of good sports docs out on Netflix too. Yeah, I want to watch the Bill Russell one. That that looks like a good shout. Have you watched the um the one with uh, Donahue and the the fixing of games? Oh yeah, that that's that's uh, uh, that's a fire one. Um, that's that's not one I want to hear though. As an as an avid sports better, that lost a considerable amount of money this Sunday, but um, looking to recover off that. So yeah, I'll see heart- you at the casino this Friday. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're. Uh, remember last time we went and I played. I, I'm not a. I'm. Everyone knows I'm not a, a betting man. I don't engage in sports betting. Um, you know, I'll give you my two cents, but I'm unlikely to make investments. Um, but when we went to the casino, that was I think the second time I've ever been to a casino, um, and I was on fire during blackjack, man. You sick son of a bitch. Remember, remember that guy. So Aaron and I were. Um, I'm, and Aaron, like, it's funny cause you go a lot more than I do or have been a lot more than I have. And you had never even seen this at the blackjack table ever. Um, when we were sitting there yeah. and, uh, you know, when you're playing blackjack, you can either check or ask for another card, obviously. And I believe that he, the guy next to me. So I believe that I checked and I want to say that, did he say he, I think he also checked, but she thought he wanted an extra card and then flipped a card. And then he was like, no, I didn't ask for that card. And everyone at the table was fucking pissed. Cause we yeah. lost, I think we lost a hand or did we lose it? I don't even know, man. It was just, wild. it just, it just messes up. It just messes up everyone's cards because like, like let's say geo, um, like for some idiot reason, you have an 18 and then I'm, I'm to your left and then I have a 10. And then you have an 18 and you're like, hit me. And then you hit and it's a face card. Well, if you were like not stupid and said, check, uh, like Colt check, that face card would have been mine. I would hit a 20. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's why it pisses off people. Like, so when you play um, blackjack, you, you always want to avoid um, the, the right side of the table because you're like the head of the table in a sense. And you can, if you're like a stupid player, you're going to piss off the rest of the table. Yeah, exactly. Because you're basically working as a team against the dealer um, to to win. So that was a fun time. I wouldn't mind hitting up the Nino. You going this Friday? Yeah, I may. We should make it happen. Hey, Minerva's in the Nino. Or maybe the Nino and Minerva's. Because I feel like after Minerva's, we don't want to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to end up, we're going to plan going to the Nino. And then as soon as we, we hit that Greek restaurant, we're going to be lights out. Um, so. Good. Should we should we jump back to sports here for the last five six minutes? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so to wrap uh, up, guys, uh, blackjack tips and the Vatican girl uh, documentary. Catch it on Netflix. Good flick. Catch it on Netflix. And to end off, hey, we got we got a fun little. Would you rather? Uh, now, um, people love to have people love to win, obviously. And then people love to rack up the stats. 
And you see it out of a lot of players where in the earlier part of their career, they just want to rack up the stats, you know, make a lot of money and do whatever's best for themselves. And then later on in their career, they realize, geez, I need to win. <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> yeah. um, and you see it happen all the time. But you see sometimes you see careers where role players end up winning a lot and they're actually really, really important to their team. And then you see players throughout their career who rake up a lot of stats, but just unfortunately can't get it done. So we've picked, or I guess I've picked two players, Gio, of a would you rather and who, like which career would you rather have? And these are from two different sports. So the first one is Robert Ori, big shot Bob. Seven NBA titles, okay, with uh, the Spurs, Lakers, and Rockets. Um, he is most known for that clutch shot in the Western Conference Finals against Sacramento, um, game-winning three from the top of the arc. He's also hit some massive shots for San Antonio when they won their titles in the early 2000s, right? So, and he and he wasn't like a fr- like he was a really good player. Just was like a role player slash sixth seventh man. Would you rather have his career with the amount of accolades or sorry um, NBA titles or? Would you have the career of your Matt Sundin, who had over 1,300 games played, just over 1,300 points, so, you know, point-to-game player, but he didn't win the Stanley Cup, Geo. And his only award was in 2007-2008 for the Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award. So he didn't win the Hart, you know, didn't win the Art Ross. Hall of Fame career, steady, but he didn't really get it done. I'm going 100% Matt Sundin, and I'll tell okay. and I'll tell you why. Um, Hockey Hall of Fame is is no slouch. I mean, in in fact, I think that having a Hall of Fame career, you could make the argument trumps or equates to um, Stanley Cup victories, because at the end of the day, in especially in the NHL, which is it, it's a contextual question because you do have to take league context into consideration it's 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 harder in the nhl to navigate your destination than it is in other sports i feel yes you can force a trade out you can pull an eric lindros and do do this and that but to really get lindros i think it's lindros i eric come on the come on the pod eric lindros (laughs) lindros brett his brother bring the whole fam we'll talk it out um (laughs) But um, you know, you could you could have a, a career like like him, um, and kind of partially, um, you know, dictate your destination. But in the NHL, for the most part, like unless you're a free agent, and a lot of times you a lot of players stay with their teams. Like it's not as much of a movement associated league. And I think there's something to be said about that too when you do kind of stay loyal and dedicated to your team. Secondly. And I think this is even more prevalent for European players in a sport like hockey. For a European player, I think the biggest, growing up especially, and just in their um, culture and in their sort of personal outlook, yes, the Stanley Cup is big, but an Olympic gold medal for your country is bigger. I think. Okay, so you're so you're not European, Joe. You're Canadian. So we were asking you. Right, but I mean you said if I'm Matt Sundin, I assume <laughs> Oh my god. If I'm Matt, I'm still, you know, hailing from Broma, Sweden. Um so <laughs> Modo hockey. <laughs> Modo. Um 
but like that's the thing and but but take take the european out of it like if i'm conor mcdavid and i like as you know let's say conor mcdavid never wins a stanley cup with the oilers hopefully he doesn't because we don't need that um <laughs> hopefully he wins it but with the weeks um <laughs> But, like, let's say he doesn't win a Stanley Cup and he goes down as the greatest hockey player ever, Hockey Hall of Fame. Right. Um, and he wins a gold medal with Canada. Like, I mean, those are still massive accolades that um, I think are worth more than consistently winning championships but being kind of a role player. Because at the end of the day, your accolades are unmatched from a personal standpoint. But in addition to that, you're getting accolades on different scales and different levels, whether it's trophies like Art Ross and like, um, you know, um, what do you call it? Maurice Richard or the Rocket uh, Richard Award. Yeah, the Rocket Richard. And then and then you bring in the international stuff, which, again, this is even more prominent for a guy like Bat Sandin winning a gold medal for Sweden is is what Swedish kids grow up dreaming to do. Um, so if I'm choosing between those two careers, I'm choosing Matt Sundin every day of the week. You gave a really good answer there. And Thank you. Appreciate it. for me, it's actually quite, even though I'm the one that came up with this question, it's still difficult for me to answer. It's a good question. Um, it's a great question. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going with Sundin by like by a hair. Like, buy a hair. Like, it's super, super close. A hair in which he does not have on his head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> point, point proven. But let's do one more. Okay. Or let's do two more. Would you rather have three NBA titles or one Stanley Cup or two Super Bowl rings? Oof. Well, like that's the thing, man. It's, uh, that's a hard question because it's like that's also a big context question. Like, I mean, if we're asking Bum Phillips, he's going to take the Super Bowl ring. But then if we're asking, you know, we'll take you. You choose. You choose any sport. Like you, it's like it's you. Like let's say you're the athlete. Ooh. And how would this impact legacy? Let's like like your legacy. How would it look? Oh, man. Although, thanks for the bump, Philip. Shout out because boom. Uh, <laughs> I would, you know, I'm stuck between the NHL and the NFL. Um, to be honest, okay. So you would, you would not take three NBA titles. No, because I feel like the NBA, and it's it's obviously a hard question, so it's not an easy answer. But I feel like the NBA is. I feel like the likelihood of players getting opportunities to join championship level teams is easier than the other two sports. And that might sound silly, um, but I don't know. Like, and also the difficulty with the, I think it's more difficult from an individual standpoint to do it in the NFL and the NHL mostly from a physical standpoint as well. And I'm not saying the NBA is not physical. It is. But mm-hmm. um, I think I would probably take the NHL Stanley Cup because I think that the NHL is the hardest trophy out of those sports to win. Because the way you look at it, I think that the NBA, um, you've seen so many repeat winners that it, like, you know, 
and now with the addition of super teams, you know, you go on a team with like three, like, you know, when the Miami Heat were rolling and you could basically just sign with Miami and write on the coattails of Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. And that kind of thing is becoming more and more prevalent. In the NBA, we're seeing teams like loading up their rosters. Like, I think if the Suns, the Suns, I think, you know, are a team that should probably do some damage um, in the in the NBA in the foreseeable future, especially if they hold right. on to a healthy KD. But the NHL has the most parity out of all those leagues, in my opinion. Like, I think it's just so hard to ever confidently choose a favorite in the NHL. So to kind of get that that Stanley Cup, I think it's it's the hardest on your body, probably. Because in the NFL, although it's an extremely physical sport, it's one and done, right? You only need to win one game. Obviously, you can make the flip side argument that you could only lose one game and you're out. But in hockey, you have to do it, you know, 16 times um, to get the championship. So, yeah, I'm going NHL for also for, <clears throat> I mean, for me, it'd be just out of any sport, whether it's the Packers winning the Super Bowl or the Raptors winning the championship or the Leafs winning the cup, you know which one I'm taking. So let's put it this way. The Leafs winning a cup. Trumps everything. Forget, forget, forget about the context of them not winning in like 35 million years. Let's say they won the cup 10 years ago. Okay. The Leafs winning one. The Raptors going on a three-peat, or the Packers go winning two in a row. Well, I mean, <clears throat> for me, yeah. I mean, the thing you saying that the Leafs won a cup ten years ago is so disingenuous, <laughs> um, <laughs> because the whole point of the Leafs winning a cup would be like the fact that it's been thirty-five million years. Um, so, like. You know, I don't even know how my psyche would be if the Leafs had won a, cu- a cup when I was sixteen. How old. much? How much would you drink? Or yeah, how much would you? How much alcohol would you consume, Gio, if the Leafs won Game Seven? GWG, Kyle Wellwood, slap shot from the point, tipped in by Tyler Bozak to win the cup. I don't think that much because I think I would be so like mentally and emotionally drained that I'd probably pass out. So it's hard to say. I don't know if I think I I think I would need to have an IV just to come back to life from all the stress my body would go through in that moment. But as soon as it happened and you get me my IV, uh, (laughs) You understand you're not playing, right? You're you're actually watching the game. You're I know, not- I know, dude. It's it's crazy, dude. The Leafs are. I have a passion for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Roma like no other. And I'm I'm a big Packers fan. I'm a big Raptors fan, but nothing beats those two at the top. They're they're my they're my ride or dies. They are my my team since I can I, since forever. So having something, you know. For them, and also they've been the least successful, right? Like the Packers have got a Super Bowl in you know in my lifetime. It was twenty eleven, right? They won a Super Bowl, um, and then obviously the Raptors recently won a championship. So I think that takes the sting out of it as well, or like the the impact of what it would do to me as much. But right. if the, you know, if the Leafs were to say win the Stanley Cup or Roma were to win the Champions League, woo, my goodness, I would be. <sighs> 
Aaron, Aaron, you would not want to see how much alcohol I would consume. You and you, Panit, Sage, everyone would just have to basically carry me home because it would be, I'd be donezo. Well, well, fun fact about Roma, Gio, is that guys, if you do want a pair of Roma pants, go to the Starbucks clearance section at their coffee shops and they do have Roma pants <laughs> on clearance for a measly <laughs> Three dollars and ninety nine cents. So yeah, check them out. Yeah, sometimes we give them for free if you or if you buy one of those to go cups. So yeah, damn. that's part of it. Or sometimes like you can even get like if you buy a to go cup, like you can just pop it open and a Roma headband will come out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we got to contact a guy named Robert. Um, he'll he'll show you the section. So shout out to our boy Robert. We miss you down in North Van. That's for sure. Oh man. Roma. Well, that was, I remember you say that was funny, but Roma, Roma, Roma. I guess, man. Hey, we are we are out of time. Gio, I'll let you close us off here. But guys, give us a follow, TMA Pod, um, on Twitter. We love to banter, man. Seriously, and Gio, if you say something bad about the Leafs, he will go on a tangent, and that is really amusing for me to see on my Twitter feed. So please, just. Start roasting the Leafs. Um, start, you know, buying clearance Roma pants um, and start donating them for free. Don't they donate them to me. <laughs> I'll wear them. And, if you get them and, for free, man, I'll wear them. Fuck. So. <laughs> and just, and hey, um, ask this guy for his home address. Maybe he'll, you guys can donate like a whole bunch of cheese to his house because he's a cheese head like the Packers. Yeah, let's do it. Dude, yeah. um, you know, there's a there's a little song that um, that the Leafs used to to do like kind of like a fly eagles fly, um, mm. and it used to go um, from the Isle of Vancouver to the Labrador Sea, one nation runs strong and free. Oh, this is Canada's song. Go Leafs, go. So that that. that. I'll, uh, I was going to lose, lose, Leafs, lose, but I will fire up that on our Twitter for all of you to watch. <laughs> um, great song, just really. Actually, I don't even know if it's a great song because when that song was a thing, the Leafs were garbage. So, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, guys, thanks for sticking with us today. Uh, I, we covered a lot, but we also went off topic, which is always the sign of a, of a good flowing podcast. So I think we did pretty good today, Aaron, but tomorrow um, we have a couple topics that we wanted to chat about today. And um, we've, uh, we've delayed them for tomorrow um, and given you guys some Netflix um, suggestions, which is always helpful. I find, but um, yeah, thanks for listening guys. We'll be back tomorrow with some, some new topics. Hopefully some breaking news happens overnight in the NHL, but don't count on it. Yeah, don't count on it. Tomorrow, we'll talk about some baseball. Baseball. And how, how the new rule changes will affect the MLB. And we will also talk about Champions League, where Roma's not there yet, and I don't know if they ever will be. But Conference League goats love Roma. Hey, we're in a Champions League spot right now as you speak in Serie A. So <laughs> shut your trap, Aaron. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow.
hustle, pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look, I'm married to this gang. That's who I made my wife. Said I'd die alone. I told that bitch she probably right. One thing that's for sure, not a stranger to this life. Got a safe that's full of Franklin's and a shoulder full of stripes. Ah, don't know a nigga like.